Today, another white knuckle ride on the markets. Hello again, it's Martin North from Digital Finance Analytics, from the latest post covering finance and property news. And this is our weekly market update, starting in the US, going across to Europe, Asia, and ending in Australia. And this was another volatile week on the markets, as traders played the volatility cards and as US stocks fell on Friday, with the Nasdaq showing the largest decline after a hot and unexpected producer prices report eroded hopes for imminent interest rate cuts by the Federal Reserve. Higher for longer again. It's been a wild week, said Chris Zaccarelli, Chief Investment Officer for Independent Advisor Alliance. The slowdown in consumer spending was a bad news is good news event. And this morning's PPI report only further muddies the water because two strong inflation reports, the CPI and PPI, show why the Fed is going to need to move much more slowly to cut interest rates. While we understand the market's knee-jerk behaviour, when it seems too hot or too cold from the data point of view, we think it will take another couple of data releases to establish a new trend if the pattern continues or to show that this week's data was just a bump in the road. And earlier this week, the hot consumer price report sparked a sell-off in equity markets as Tuesday's latest US Consumer Price Index inflation report for January showed both headline and core prices in both monthly and annual terms climbed faster than the economist forecast. The former rose 3.1% year over year last month, hotter than the 2.9% expected. That makes it harder for the Fed to cut rates. And then later, a slump in January retail sales on Thursday stoked hopes of a rate cut. Friday's producer price index for final demand rose 0.3% after declining by a revised 0.1% in December, according to the Labour Department's Bureau of Labour Statistics. The theme of higher for longer is really the continuing market narrative for interest rates, said Greg Busuk, Chief Executive Officer at ASX Investments. On Friday, market expectations for the Fed to start cutting rates in June were dialed back, with the Fed Watch tool now showing just a 69.9% chance of a cut of at least 25 basis points by June, down from nearly 9% in the prior session. And after five consecutive weeks of gains, all three indices posted a weekly decline, and yet the S&P 500 closed above the 5,000 for the fourth time this year, thanks to robust corporate earnings and, of course, surging enthusiasm around AI, which we'll come on to shortly. The inflation data this week is definitely going to keep the Fed at least on pause until summer, said Carol Shelliff, Chief Investment Officer at BMO Family Office. Data is bumpy. It's not a straight line. Higher for longer was indeed reinforced by Atlanta Fed President Raphael Bostic, who said he needed more evidence that inflation pressures are easing, but is open to lowering rates at some point in the next few months. And San Francisco Fed President Mary Daly said there was more work to do to ensure stable prices despite remarkable progress. Treasury yields spiked after the report as traders added to bets the Fed may defer the first rate cut until after June. And the yield on the benchmark 10-year note sat up 4.287%, down just from a slightly higher 4.33%, while the two-year was at 4.644%. The greenback also gained after the data. Against the Japanese yen, the dollar was last up 0.18% at 150.18, and the dollar index was last at 104.28 
while the euro was up 0.06% to 1.0777. So on the day, the S&P 500 lost 0.48% to end at 5,005 points, while the Nasdaq Composite lost 0.82% at 15,775, and the Dow Jones Industrial Average fell 0.37% to 38,627. Most mega cap stocks dropped, with meta platforms falling 2.21%, and that dragged the SME 500 Communication Services Index down 1.56%. Applied Materials, though, jumped 6.4% after the semiconductor equipment supplier forecast better than expected second quarter revenue on strong demand for, guess what, advanced chips used in AI. Vulcan Materials gained 5.2% after forecasting a higher full year profit aiding a rise in the S&P 500 materials sector index. Ruko slumped 23.8% though after forecasting a bigger first quarter loss, while crypto exchange Coinbase Global jumped 8.8% on posting its first quarterly profit since 2021. And DoorDash dropped 8.1% as the delivery firm forecast a quarterly profitability metric below expectations. That was hurt by higher labor costs. U.S. markets, by the way, will be closed on Monday for the President's Day holiday. Gold futures eased earlier during the week, sub-2,000 briefly, but was up 0.53% on Friday to 2,025. Oil prices also rose amid geopolitical tensions in the Middle East. Brent crude futures gained 0.81% to $83.29 a barrel, while U.S. West Texas Intermediate rose 1.53% to $79.22 for the week. Brent gained more than 1% and the US benchmark rose about 3%. That said, the oil market's reaction to more bad news from the Middle East was pretty moderate. After all, oil is still flying and disruptions have been small. In addition, on Thursday, the IEA said that global oil demand growth was losing momentum and trimmed its 2024 growth forecast. On the other hand, though, OPEC expects oil use to keep rising for the next two decades. Next week, there is going to be excitement as NVIDIA reports. The business potential of AI, of course, has boosted NVIDIA's shares by more than 46% since the 1st of January. Its $570 billion increase in market capitalization is more than triple the market value of Intel. Shares of NVIDIA, whose chips are considered the gold standard in the AI industry, surged nearly 240% in 2023. Some, though, are drawing parallels with the Cisco run-up around the dot-com bubble. By the way, Cisco is now back at 48.44. NVIDIA's gains have accounted for more than a quarter of the S&P 500's increase this year. The benchmark index is up nearly 5% year-to-date after optimism over AI helped drive the index up 24% in 2023. Now, the third most valuable company on Wall Street after Apple and Microsoft, NVIDIA has become a bellwether for the AI industry. Other AI-focused stocks have surged this year, including Supermicrocomputer, and that was up 182% year-to-date, and Arm Holdings up nearly 71%. When people say that the market is doing well this year, they really mean that tech is doing well, and NVIDIA is at the core of that, said Keith Lerner, Chief Market Strategist at Truist Advisory Services. There is excitement within AI, and if the optimism is not fulfilled by earnings, then you could see that reverberate quickly and weigh on sentiment. NVIDIA will release quarterly earnings results on February the 21st, and Wall Street expects earnings of about $4.56 a share and a rising quarterly revenue 
to $20.378 billion from $6.05 billion just a year ago. Given the market size and its importance in the AI story, NVIDIA's results could be pivotal for market sentiment. Not surprisingly, traders are bracing for big moves in the company's shares. NVIDIA options are pricing in a swing of about 11% in either direction following its results, according to the latest data. And it's worth noting that shares of Meta Platforms, another member of the group, have surged 34% this year, while Apple's have tumbled by 5% and shares at Tesla have tumbled nearly 20% after the electric car maker warned of notably lower sales growth this year and shrinking margins. Rito Mikayo, chief analyst at Gabrielli Funds, believe investor enthusiasm for NVIDIA is so high that its shares could fall by at least 10% if the company simply meets expectations without exceeding them. A disappointing result from NVIDIA could also exacerbate concerns over crowding the market's largest stocks said Michael Purvis, head of Tallback and Capital Advisors. This is the pillar of the growth of the index today. But at some point, the gas tank is going to go empty, Purvis said. Just remember that the five top stocks have driven 75% of the S&P 500 year-to-date gains, indicating a highly concentrated rally. The market's breadth or the spread of participation among stocks in market advances is at its lowest since March 2009. Now, over in Europe, many brokers are not bullish on European equities either. Stocks are trading in a narrow sweet spot in which the growth data is just strong enough to keep risk premium close to historic lows, but weak enough to allow the markets to believe that the disinflation experienced last year will be maintained. Brokers still see a potential 15% decline from current levels for the stocks 600 index. We remain negative on cyclicals versus defensives with 10% projected cyclical underperformance by October, one analyst said. Figures on Thursday showed that Britain slipped into recession at the end of last year, just. And no growth momentum anytime soon either, which by the way mirrors several other European countries. Germany now, by the way, is the third biggest economy it's also resource poor, has an aging population and is heavily dependent on exports. And Europe's biggest economy has also been shaken by rising energy prices caused by Russia's war in Ukraine, raising interest rates in the Eurozone and a chronic shortage of skilled labour. Does that sound familiar? That said, Europe's stock 600 index did rise 0.62% on Friday. And the FTSE was up 1.5%, while the DAX was up 0.42%, and the CAC 40 in France was up 0.32%. Bonds drifted higher with the UK 10-year gilt up 2.17%, although the German 10-year was down just a little. In Asia, most stocks rose on Friday, taking a strong lead from Wall Street on Thursday, while Japan's Nikkei 225 index extended its run of strong gains into another record high. This is at a time when Japan has lost its crown to Germany as the world's third largest economy after it slipped into recession, as Thursday's data showed that real GDP, the total value of goods and services, shrank 0.1% in the last three months of 2023 compared to the previous quarter due to weak spending by households and businesses. That's according to the Cabinet Office. Private consumption, which accounts for more than half of all economic activity in Japan, fell 0.2% as households struggled with the rising cost of living and a fall in real wages. 
Growth for the previous quarter was also revised downward to minus 0.8%, meaning that Japan is in a technical recession, typically defined as two consecutive quarters of contraction. The Bank of Japan governor said on Friday that monetary policy will most likely remain accommodative even after ending negative interest rates, echoing recent assurances from the Bank of Japan officials that have weighed on the yen. As part of efforts to reflate growth and fire up inflation to its 2% target, the Bank of Japan has been keeping short-term interest rates at minus 0.1% and the 10-year bond yield around 0% since 2016. But the Japanese finance minister said there will likely come a time when the country's interest rates will begin to rise and affect the economy through various channels, according to an interview in a newspaper published on Saturday. The Bank of Japan holds jurisdiction over monetary policy, but there will be a phase when interest rates go up, he said. The Nikkei 225 trimmed some of its earlier games on Friday, but still traded up 0.92% to 38,510 points, trading just below a lifetime peak of 38,915. Gains were led chiefly by heavyweight technology, chip making, and chip adjacent stocks amid the continued hype over AI. The broader topics index, which has a lower percentage of tech companies than the Nikkei, rose just 1%. Analysts at Citi said that Japanese stocks were likely to rally further into 2024, with the Nikkei projected to reach 45,000 points, while the Topix was likely to reach 3,100 points, implying an 18 and 20% upside from current levels respectively. Other Asian markets with heavy tech content also clocked the strongest gains. South Korea's Cosby and Hong Kong's Hang Seng both rose. The Hang Seng Index rose 2.48% and came close to a one-month high, with heavyweight mainland stocks seeing a bulk of gains. Real estate developers long for properties, country garden service holdings, and China Resources land rose between 5 and 9%, or Wuhi Biologics surged 12.5% as it rebounded from steep losses during the week. Chip-making stocks were by far the biggest benefactors of this trend, with Asian majors, particularly TSMC, the world's largest contract chip maker by output, sitting at an overall 10% gain this week. The stock was also trading close to a record high earlier in the week. But China, of course, remains an enigma, with local media reports showing that Chinese travel demand rose sharply, during the week-long Lunar New Year holiday, driving up some hopes that consumer spending was recovering from a three-year rout. But whether the increased holiday spending will translate into broader improvements in the economy remains to be seen, especially as Chinese economic activity showed little signs of picking up before the holiday. Business activity and inflation readings for January had all pointed to a sustained decline in the economy, which barely managed to grow past a 5% annual growth target back in 2023. The Chinese economy was battered by a prolonged property market crisis, while sluggish consumer spending saw the economy slip into deflation by the end of 2023. While the government had rolled up monetary support, it has actually done little to spur growth and offset a deepening rout in China's stock markets. The Shanghai Shenzhen CSI 300 and Shanghai Composite Index were hovering just above respective five- and four-year lows last week and saw little relief even as Beijing directed its biggest sovereign funds towards shoring up local markets, and the yuan was at 7.1936 against the US dollar.
The People's Bank of China is now widely expected to keep its benchmark loan prime rate unchanged near record lows coming Tuesday. Australia's resource sector rebounded on Friday as a weaker US dollar pushed oil, gold, iron ore and lithium prices higher. The ASX 200 posted its second straight day of gains to finish up 0.7% to 7,658, with the index booking a gain of 0.2% for the week. Despite a midweek swoon on the back of hot and expected US inflation data, global share markets mostly rose over the past week, helped by solid US profit results and expectations that central banks will still cut interest rates this year, said Shane Oliver, chief economist at AMP. The best performing sector on the ASX was materials, which added 1.5%. Major minor BHP group climbed 1% to 4561, with iron ore and lithium producer mineral resources surging 4.7% to 5975. West Australia's hamstrung nickel sector also received a boost after Federal Resources Minister Madeleine King placed the metal on the government's critical minerals list, which means miners may be eligible for financial support. Of course, they need it. In another busy day of corporate profit results, fund manager GQG Partners was among the top performers. It has already raised a further 2.9 billion US dollars in the first six weeks of the year, and the shares added 3.3% to $2.20. Insurers QBE and IAG, though, both fell after missing analyst profit forecasts. QBE lost 1.7% to $16.11, and IAG dropped 3.8% to $6.08. Shares in stock exchange operator ASX shed 4% to $65.12, after its underlying net profit fell 7.8% to $230.5 million. Software Darning Pro Medicus lost 7.2% to 87.24, taking its two-day fall to 19.3% since its profit result. Its share price has defied gravity for a long time, even though the business is growing at 30%. The expectations are obviously too high, said Donny Buchanan, the chief investment officer at Lakehouse Capital. Elsewhere, shares in biotech darling Neuron tumbled 14.2% to $19.78 after a US short seller issued a report attacking the data behind its debut drug to treat Rett syndrome in children. But more generally, there was a weird disconnect in share prices versus reality. Take the record high for Commonwealth Bank against a tricky backdrop of falling margins and rising loan arrears. All the surges in shares of Rio Tinto and Fortescue despite concerns over China's fluttering economy. Perhaps the most stark of all is in the retail sector, where stocks including Super Retail Group, Nick Scarly, JB Hi-Fi and Temple and Webster have ripped higher following results or trading updates, seemingly ignoring the near-constant warnings from market economists and the Reserve Bank about the weakness of consumption. The ASX 200's Consumer Discretionary Total Return Index is up 14% in the last year, compared to a 6% return across the total ASX 200. The fact is, so far, company results, particularly updates on trading in the last six weeks, haven't been as bad as feared, raising hopes for more of the same. Another factor supporting local stocks is the bullish sentiment in the US, where the S&P 500 has set a series of records. Inflation is trending down, despite the data this week on CPI. Productivity is surging, and the economy looks 
to be in only a little danger of entering a recession. Yes, in Australia, per capita consumption and growth is particularly poor. And Thursday's unemployment numbers suggest the labour market may be deteriorating faster than expected, albeit from historically strong levels. So investors are betting that household income in the second half of the year will be boosted by tax cuts and interest rate cuts, lifting purchasing power and sales volumes. Well, fingers crossed with that. Yet the timing of Australian and US rate cuts remains an issue, given central bank concerns over sticky inflation. Now the Aussie dollar was at 65.34 against the US dollar and 51.84 against the UK pound, indicators perhaps of weakness seen across the Australian economy. Finally, Bitcoin made a crucial breakthrough this week by surpassing the 49,000 levels thanks to the spot ETF effect. It was last at 51,731. Now, this move up might be significant if buyers successfully defend Bitcoin against potential sales in the 46 dollars to $49,000 range. Though looking ahead, the ETF trade that fueled Bitcoin's ascent might be facing headwinds this week, pending court approvals for Genesis to sell its GBTC shares. The time frame for this sale remains uncertain, but with Genesis holding $1.3 billion worth of GBTC, it introduces an element of pressure. Additionally, profit sales from the current region may extend short-term downward pressure on the price. Plus, the extension of the interest rate cuts expectation into the second half of the year does dampen enthusiasm in risk markets. And of course, the upcoming halving event in April will reduce Bitcoin supply in the face of high demand, could act as an additional catalyst for its rise. Thus, the current outlook suggests a choppy trend until at least the second quarter, with the uptrend potentially gaining strength in June if the Fed does start to initiate the interest rate easing process. But we will see about that. And that's the critical issue looking forward. Whilst markets are still hoping for interest rate cuts sooner, all of the information suggests interest rate cuts later. And as a result of that, volatility and higher prices ahead are probably on the cards. But I think the critical question for next week is going to be NVIDIA. Will NVIDIA hit the market strong enough to keep the enthusiasm or will things begin to turn? Watch and wait. I'm Martin North from Digital Finance Analytics. Many thanks for watching and I'll see you again next time.